0: Hi, and welcome to a podcast from Hope Springs Church Coventry. For more, please find us on Facebook at Hope Springs Church or on Twitter. We're at Hope Springs Cob. Thank you and enjoy. So today is part of the Exploring God series. I want to talk about tradition. Now, when I say tradition, um, sometimes that gets our heckles up, you know. Sometimes we think, oh, it's a little bit religious, isn't it? Are we are we moving to to some sort of legalism? Are we all going to be wearing vestments and robes and swinging around smoke? And no, you know that's not what tradition is. Let me explain it like this: uh, my my uh, eldest daughter has been learning to swim. Now to to learn to swim, what we didn't do was we didn't get a boat into the middle of the ocean and just throw overboard and say, "Go for it! Whatever, whatever comes naturally." You know whatever you think you know feel free just 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 do whatever you do whatever feels good, do whatever comes into your mind to do you know, and we'll call that swimming. We didn't do that no we 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 you know she's learning she's learning you know the basics of swimming swimming one oh one she's learning you know the stroke, she's learning how to stay buoyant, how to float and and these aren't things that she's just invented they're not things that sh- that are occurring to her from her own imagination. She's not kind of adhering to whatever feels good. She's learning from this long history of swimming, this, this legacy of swimming, this heritage of swimming. You know, these are the keystrokes that you need to know to swim. And this is what swimming is. You know, another way of describing that would be a tradition of swimming. There are certain practices, certain elements, certain things you need to know, certain things you need to learn. And these will enable you to swim. If you don't know these things, then you might get into trouble in water. You know, it wasn't just a free for all and whatever happened was great. You know, there is a tradition. Likewise with Christianity. You know, how do we know the God that we worship? How do we know that we are following the God of the Christian faith? How do we know that we are following the God revealed through Christ Jesus? You know, could I just imagine something and say that is God? Could I just feel something and say that is God? Could I start proclaiming the flying spaghetti monster and say that that is the Christian God? Please go and Google the flying spaghetti monster, by the way. I couldn't. Why couldn't I do that? Well, there are things, there are checks, there are balances in place that mean that I can't just invent something and say that that is Christianity or that that is passable as theology within the Christian tradition. You know, there, there, are, there are four key ways, you know, that we know God and that we know our faith. And this might sound a little bit like, um, you know, a beginner's guide to theology. But, you know, we know God through tradition, through the things that have been handed down, you know, from the time of the writing of the Bible. We know God through reason. So we don't evacuate our minds when we come to our faith. It's not a mindless faith. It's a thinking faith. It's a considered faith. You know, we know God through experience. You know, this massively is to do with the Holy Spirit, but also th- through our interactions with other Christians. You know, this is part of what the church is. and We know God through the scriptures. You know, like there is no other book other than that book, which points us to God. That The, the Bible is the truth about the truth who is Jesus Christ. So we have these four things. So, for example, if I if I ran off down the line of experience neglecting the Bible, well, this feels good. This must be God. And then I find myself bowing down before a barbecue and worshipping craft beer. You know, the Bible holds me in check there. Or if, if I pursued reason to the exclusion of experience of faith, you know, I might have this this ironclad, this bulletproof argument for the existence of God. But I wouldn't have an ethic that told me to go, you know, feed the poor. You know, tradition isn't without its faults and it needs the checks and balances of scripture. Tradition has this cautionary aspect to it to it. You know, it tells us where it's safe to enter the water and swim. You know, it tells us don't go here because unseen dangers lurk here. You know, a riptide might drag you off into the ocean. You know, this is where it's safe to swim. This is where it's safe to explore God. You know, but tradition also has this, this amazing inspirational character because essentially we're standing on the shoulders of giants. You know, the Christian tradition has had some of the greatest minds in the history of the world. It has some of the greatest movements of the spirit. And we can tap into that legacy. We can learn from that heritage. And it's key. It's, it's essential that we remember rightly, that we press into our tradition correctly. You know, um, it, it's around Remembrance Day. Uh, so this is the day in the UK where we um, remember our fallen, uh, the, the military and civilian personnel who have, who have perished serving the nation in war. You know, this came from the, 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 the armistice uh, of of 1918, when World War I ended. Uh, but we also celebrate that those who have died serving the nation through all the subsequent wars. And it's essential that we remember correctly, that we tap into that tradition correctly. You know, we wear a poppy and this isn't just some empty symbol. You know, we don't just wear a random flower. This this poppy is is um, the imagery of the poppy, the symbol of the poppy, you know, is drawn from a poem written on the battlefields of World War One, where the, the graves of the fallen soldiers were in a field full of poppies. And it's a way that we remember the cost of war, the courage, yes, the bravery, yes, the sacrifice, yes, but the immense cost of war. And it's important that we remember correctly, that we press into the tradition correctly, appropriately. So, for example, it would be a massive violation of the memory of the dead and the fallen in, in war for us to use that as as a as a, a, a chest thumping nationalistic banner and a beacon and a call to war again. It would be a travesty to treat the memories of those who fell in war for our freedom by using it to inflict yet more death. It is fundamental that we press into tradition correctly, that we remember rightly. For the Christian tradition then, it's important that we remember that Jesus Christ is the truest and fullest revelation of God. We do not sacrifice our children to some random sky God. Why? Because we know that that is not what God is like. We know what God is like because he is like Jesus. Do we need to be in terror and trepidation when we approach this God? Can we come to this God with boldness and and expect grace? Of course we can. Why? Because we know that God is like Jesus. If we forget, if we remember uh, awry, then we will lose the aspect of the fatherhood of God. We will lose key attributes when we explore God. We won't explore him rightly. We won't know him rightly. We will not be in relationship with him rightly. When we remember correctly, we understand the symbols and the practices that lead us in this. We understand the testimonies and the legacies of the great heroes of the faith who have gone before us. The great doctrines of the faith, the great um, rebuttals of you know heresies in the faith we draw upon that whole experience to propel us to go further, to go onwards, to have hope, to have courage. To remember rightly is to learn our faith. So to bring a bit of levity, I'm going to talk about Star Wars. Things were always good when we talk about Star Wars. See, I'm a massive Star Wars fan. I remember uh, watching A New Hope. So that's episode 4. on telly when I was a small child probably when I was about three or four Um I was I'm not I'm not quite old enough to have seen the original trilogy at the cinema but I am old enough to remember when they were shown at Christmas and I'd watch them over and over and over again and so it was with great delight when George Lucas decided he was going to add a prequel trilogy um, and then you know more recently we've had a sequel trilogy and I have devoured all of those one of the great successes of, of my my parenting, I feel, has been that I've introduced both of my daughters to the Star Wars universe and that we have binge-watched over lockdown, we have binge-watched pretty much everything Star Wars. That includes all the animated series and everything. We've have, we have absolutely gone nuts and digested all of that. And the thing is, Star Wars fans are a funny breed. Um, I'm the guy that was at the cinema who was on the edge of his seat through all of the awful films. You know, The Phantom Menace, I'm looking at you. I'd have been on the edge of my seat. I'd have been cheering. I'd have been the guy giving it a stand ovation at the end. Even Jar Jar Binks. But the thing is, Star Wars fans scrutinize those films. You know, if you, if you just Google kind of Star Wars generally, you'll find about a billion fan pages. and And they're all kind of critiquing the films. You know, this doesn't quite line up how does this work then because in you know you know four minutes and seven seconds into the empire strikes back when they're on the, when they're on the, the planet of hoth you know this happens and this sort of droid appears so you know in in the force awakens episode 7 for those of you that don't you know this can't be true this 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 isn't consistent See, the fans of Star Wars will hold the Star Wars legacy pr- as precious and they will critique and challenge the films and the story writers and now Disney who own the rights to it. They will challenge it to say, you know, that is not in line with the canon that you've established. How can, you know, um, Anakin become Darth Vader? And so, you know, when George Lucas was writing the original trilogy, he had to work very carefully to establish this kind of timeline and, and this, this this story. And so tradition is super important in keeping things in line and in check. But it's also something that enables what comes subsequently to flourish. So, for example, no matter how good or bad the the sequel trilogy was, you know, under J.J. Abrams, you know, no matter how good or bad it was, it was always going to be a box office smash. Why? Because it carried the Star Wars name. It had a legacy and a heritage that just gave it success straight away no matter how good or bad those films are. And subsequently, you know, I was the guy cheering at the cinema, like I've said, you know, I'll watch them and they're okay. Um, You know, some of the character development isn't brilliant. Some of it's a little bit kind of, why on earth would you do that to Luke? Um, But that's by the by, you know, tradition helps us. It gives us a stare. It gives us shoulders to climb on so that we can see further than those that have gone before us. Hopefully, I've communicated that tradition isn't this kind of religious legalistic thing, but it is something essential and inspiring to our faith. I defy you to go and find, you know, the book Jesus Freaks that, you know, that, that kind of lists the testimonies of the martyrs of the church and not be inspired in your faith. Okay, and with that in mind, it would be great if you could, in your devotional times, when you explore God, go and explore you know the heritage of your faith learn a little bit about the history of the church learn a little bit about some of the brilliant thinkers some of the inspiring people in in our history not just those guys that have kind of been in the last you know hundred years you know but go and explore those guys too and learn from their experience learn from the heritage go find the god that they knew that inspired them to go do such crazy and amazing and wonderful things but go find, you know, the early fathers of the church. Learn what they taught. Learn what they, how they withstood persecution in the early days. Learn how the Bible got to be in your hands. You know, the stories of Tyndale and Wycliffe, you know, were so inspiring. Go back and learn about kind of Irenaeus and how he rebutted Gnosticism, you know, tapping into the, 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 the letters of Juan John and things like this. You know, go learn about the Reformation and, and, and Martin Luther and, and, and John Calvin. You know, go learn about some of the great thinkers of our faith. Go learn about Karl Barth and his just ridiculously brilliant Christology. Go find out about your faith and be inspired to press on. Because we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses cheering us on. Pointing us towards Jesus, the Christ. Go listen to their stories. Go engage with their teachings. Go and know the God that they knew that inspired them to do such great things. Go find the Christ that they pointed towards and know that your faith will be deepened and enriched by that experience. In Jesus' name, amen.